The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. I'll be one of my friends. I'm just trying to save you some money. My job is not just to educate, but to entertain, teach you. Call me, 1-800-743-CBC, or tweet me at Jim Kramer. We just went through the worst week since 2008, with the Dow plunging another 913 points today, S&P plummeting 4.34%, the Nasdaq nosediving 3.79%. At one point, the market looked like it was going to roar, and you know what? We were actually lucky. We were lucky it was only down that much, because if things don't break right, we're going to be experiencing a lot of weeks that are worse than the depths of the Great Recession. Why? Because we are fighting a two-front war in this country right now. We need to beat the coronavirus, a scourge that's unrelentlessly easy to catch and often requires hospitalization, far more hospitalization than we can actually provide. At the same time, we need to preserve the economy, an economy that in many ways is no longer open for business. There are 100 million workers who could potentially lose their jobs if we don't shut down COVID-19 soon. People's life savings are going to be pulverized as company after company suspends their dividends. Investors sell their 401ks into this maelstrom of fear and unremitting panic because they need the cash. They need the cash right now. It's like a slow grind financial health apocalypse. Uh, the plummeting of uh, price of oil, it isn't helping either. We need to get crude back over $30 or else the layoffs in the oil patch will be immense. Fortunately, that's a man-made crisis that the president can stop with one phone call to the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. It was the decline in oil that turned the stock market from up till down. Unfortunately, right now, we seem to be losing the war on both fronts, the virus and the economy. While I'm confident that we'll ultimately triumph over COVID-19, as confident as everyone else, it might not happen fast enough with tens of millions of laid-off workers burning through their savings. God help anyone who was living paycheck to paycheck. Next week, the health care front and the financial front, well, they're going to collide. When we come in on Monday morning, we're going to learn the true size of the Senate stimulus bill. It needs to be as big as possible. I'm hearing $2 trillion, larger than many people expect, but I think $4 trillion makes more sense. People keep saying we need to fight this thing with a bazooka. I mean, are you kidding me? 
we need thermonuclear weapons. You know why? Because we're also going to start hearing about an explosion in new infections, hospitalizations, and deaths. We know this virus spreads exponentially, but we have trouble processing what that means. So the figures will seem stunning and terrifying in equal measures. The government's behind the curve when it comes to the fight against the pandemic front. The least we could do is take these financial fears off the sagging shoulders of America. Believe me, it's worth the effort and the money. As long as we can tie it over regular people while we wait for some kind of treatment or vaccine, the stock market will eventually stop cratering. It will help people's savings. Our only hope on Monday, if the president does call the Saudis and reason the riot act over the weekend, that could prop up the price of crude. Saudi Arabia and Russia are engaged in the dumbest price war in history. They're overproducing to crush both the American industry and, uh, and each other. The Saudis want us hooked on their cheap oil again, but that's a pipe dream. They can destroy our oil companies, by the way, but they can't actually destroy our oil. Still, I can't believe that Exxon, Exxon, now yields 10%. Seems as unsustainable as it is sacrosanct. Now, it's been tough to focus on stocks during the week, but that's what we do here. And the second most touted stock this week after Amazon is what might be a winner is Nike. Now, this thing is pumping from 105 down to the 60s. Analysts are keying on Nike posting a better than expected quarter on Tuesday after the close. That would surprise me, given the collapse of shopping worldwide. But China's now back online, and maybe people are ordering shoes and apparel online. Here's what you need to know. Nike's the first big cap company reported in the era of COVID destruction, or at least the first one that the analysts actually like. So let's see what happens. The bullishness here is a little bit out of whack. Wednesday morning, we hear from a very fine company you're familiar with if you watch the show, Paychex. It's a stock that's been bent, spindled, and mutilated. It was down 10% today alone. It has fallen from 90 to under 52, almost in a straight line. Why? Because it's a payroll processor for small businesses like the ones I have. And we have to expect more small business closures than at any other time since the Great Depression. Lack of clients. I think it's going to take some time for this to unfold, but the market isn't waiting around to find out. You know what was love going into the pandemic? Micron. Now, this commodity chip maker is totally despised. Too bipolar? We'll find out after the close when Micron tells us how bad the supply demand imbalance is. Things have gotten tight when the stock soared to 60 a little more than a month ago. Now it's fallen to 36 bucks. Micron could bounce if we get positive economic data, but that seems incredibly unlikely. Thursday morning, we hear from Signet Jewelers. I don't know if you... Remember, we had them one not that long ago. It's kind of a tragic story now. This company was, was experiencing a long-awaited and deserved comeback before the coronavirus devastated all things retail. If they can tell us online sales may be held up or people are still getting married or I don't know, anything positive, it might help. The stock's at $7 and change. It currently has a yield of 19%. Welcome to the pawn shop era. After the close, Lululemon reports, and this one's almost as beloved as Nike. There are so many analysts who think it's time to step up to the plate and buy Lulu after the stock's quick 100% 100-point decline, 100%. That'd be something. They argue that Lulu is a coiled spring. My view, if you want to bet on Lulu, please wait until Thursday to buy it. I'll expect you to get a better entry point because on Thursday morning, we get jobless claims, and they'll be more frightening than anything Stephen King's ever written. Remember, I, I say that as someone who thinks King is our generation's Charles Dickens, so I'm putting him in the pantheon. Right now I'm reading the Institute. Can't put it down. But I'm begging you, don't read the stand right now unless you want a dark comparison to the current pandemic. Spoiler alert, we're actually doing better. Finally on Friday, I used to pay attention to the Baker Hughes rate camp. Uh, it was to measure the amazing health of the oil industry. Remember how growing it was from 8 million barrels to almost double? Now I watch it to measure the scale of the carnage. Maybe if the contraction's deep enough, the Saudis will declare victory and let prices rebound. 
with the help of a president who is torn about America's love for low gasoline prices versus energy independence. Either way, it's now an inverse gauge. The fewer the rigs, the better. I used to have a kind of gallows humor about days like today. I joked to the desk of my old hedge fund, buck up, you bunch of jokers. At least stocks stop at zero. Yeah, it's funny the first time. That's about it. The bottom line, we know this market is the most oversold it's ever been. We know that if there's any good news, a clinical trial success, more testing, a cresting of new cases in Italy or Spain, a $3 trillion stimulus bill, or oil backup, say, at 26, the average is a roar. But somehow, all these positives, they seem to have become long shots. What can I say? I calls it like I sees it. Bart in Ohio, Bart. How you doing, Jim? That's hey, a long last day. October, okay, good. Hey, last October, you compared Six Flags and Cedar Fairs, and you chose Cedar Fairs. Right. Uh, today, uh, president of Cedar Fairs announced that they won't open till mid-May or later. With all that is going on, are they good investments or stay away from both? We're in a, a different time. Uh, I think that these are companies that are uniquely uh, what you can't really touch and what is a once-in-a-million thing. I mean, you know, it's one thing to be run poorly like Six Flags was. It's another thing to be run really well like Cedar Fair and still get, uh, you know, pulverized. I, I, I'm not going to recommend it. I don't know when this thing's going to pass. That's what it is. Don in Florida, Don. Hey, Kramer, this is Don in Orlando. All right, Don. I'm 78 years old, and I've got 6,500 shares of AT&T, and I depend upon that to live on. What do you think is going to happen with the dividend, and what do you think of the stock? I actually like the stock. We did an ActionAlertsPlus.com club call the other day, and I talked with our team about maybe it was time to look at ATT because now, well, it was at 30. Now it's at 28. But I happen to think that it's real. I think they have good cash flow. I don't, I don't see the cash flow hurting. So I'm going to say you're okay. Let's go to Ross in Texas. Ross. Hey, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. Of course, Ross. Hey, uh, my question is relating to Ventus. Uh, I bought that stock back in December looking for some stable income. Right. And since I'm considering retiring soon, obviously Ventus has, has been decimated like most REITs in the market in general. I know you've been a longtime admirer of Deb Cafaro, and I understand that they intend to maintain their dividend. What is your opinion of the senior housing industry in general? And I think the industry <clears throat> the industry's not a good one. Uh, there was overbuilding. Um, I was heartened when I saw that uh, Deb Cafaro declared that dividend. I think some people thought it was uh, not sustainable. Uh, I believe in Deb Cafaro, but there's an industry that she thought was turning, and it hasn't. And that's a tough judgment, but that's the case. Let's go to Brad, Massachusetts. Brad. Hey, Jim. Booyah. Booyah. I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for all your help over the years. As although I'm only 28, you saved my marriage a few times. But uh, <laughs> things are getting rocky again, and I'm curious about Home Depot overall, given my time horizon. Well, you know, I, <clears throat> I did have fear that Home Depot would keep going down, uh, and it continues to go down. It yields 4%. That's a little extreme. This thing is trading very much like it traded in 2007-8. It, it's a better company, and I think it's going to come out on top. It's down 30%. Get it yield 4.5%. I think you're going to love it. All right. We are fighting a two-front war in this country, people. What can I say? I got to tell you, I, I still think you hang in. We didn't like it. 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 We, didn't like it. we still don't like it. But I don't think it's time to cut and run. We could get a better time to sell. Only anybody tonight. 
After yet another tumultuous week, I'm on the hunt for buying opportunities. Don't miss my exclusive with the CEO of CrowdStrike to see if the move higher can continue. The stock had a huge week. And while Dr. Fauci worries about your health, I'm worried about your portfolio. I'll tell you what can be done to help when it comes to the coronavirus. And as we brace for the worst when it comes to the outbreak, I'm talking to the CEO of AMN Healthcare about how it's hoping to help. Stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Accessed from anywhere, you can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visible visibility at indeed.com slash mad money. Just go to indeed.com slash mad money right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mad money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. This market is one big dark cloud, but it's got a silver lining. The stay-at-home economy stocks keep roaring. Look at CrowdStrike, the cloud-based cybersecurity play, which today, yes, today, pole vaulted $7 or 17%. It was its fourth up day in a row. On Tuesday, this thing bottomed at 32 bucks, down to $49 after the worst week since the thick of the Great Recession. The first three days of this run were all about a recognition that these cloud-oriented cybersecurity companies are essential with millions of people now working from home. But today was a lot more company-specific. CrowdStrike just reported a blowout quarter last night. And even better, management gave us extremely bullish guidance for both the current quarter and the full year. Honestly, I think it could have a lot more room to run as the stock's still down more than 50 percent from its peak last summer. And it's up more than 25 percent from its pre-pandemic highs. But don't take it from me. Let's check in with George Kurtz. He's the co-founder and CEO of CrowdStrike to get a better sense of the quarter and where his company is headed. Mr. Kurtz, welcome back to Mad Money. 
Welcome back, Jim. And you get a virtual fist bump because we know we have to do this all remotely. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I'll take it, George. It's good to see your smile and face and, and good to see numbers that were up 99 percent your subscription revenue. I'm so sick of shortfalls. How did you blow it away like this? Well, I, Jim, I think it goes back to security is uh, is a basic need in the uh, hierarchy of what corporations need. It's like shelter. And, you know, when you have a cloud based platform like we built, we're solving big problems, which is stopping breaches and we're helping to consolidate spend and cost. And we've got a great team. We had perfect execution and we're delighted with the results. It seems also that uh, you also had uh, the good fortune of being up against uh, Symantec, which kind of rolled over and gave you the field. Well, you know, as I said in my uh, in my remarks on the earnings call, I think it's the best competitive environment I've ever seen. Obviously, with the acquisition, uh, it's been a great opportunity for us to continue to take share. We see a lot of uh, their install base coming to us uh, looking for a cloud based platform next gen powered by AI and the ability to stop breaches without ever seeing those sort of threats before. And a big element is it works in the cloud. Right. So for all these remote workers, uh, it's a perfect solution, whether you're a remote worker or whether you have cloud workloads. Uh, we, we're we're a game changer in that area. Well, we also look for uh, companies we trust when they pick up or use a, or uh, name a new vendor. And Doug Murray is a friend of the show from Splunk. We think he's one of the smartest guys out there. He went with you guys he, over another outfit. He did. Uh, you know, I have, the, I have the utmost respect for Doug and Splunk. And, uh, you know, the thing between Splunk and CrowdStrike is we've got great integrations. Uh, we create lots of data and they're able to consume it. But when it came to protecting their critical infrastructure, they chose CrowdStrike. Uh, better efficacy. Uh, it just works. Ease of use for their for their team. And again, this cloud based architecture makes it easy to protect things that are on prem or off prem. Now, you also you're not just all uh, you have a lot of huge customers. You also have some medium, some small. What do you do right now when one of those who just took you down and just loves CrowdStrike says, you know what? They just closed some of my business. I'm going to have a hard time writing this month's check. What do you say? Well, I think what we've been able to do uh, as part of our surge relief program, I think, has been very well received. Uh, we're allowing customers to surge and protect their, their, their remote workers. We're not charging anything extra for it. Uh, we'll deal with that after, uh, you know, we get through this crisis. And I think with customers that might be in affected industries, obviously, we want to work with them. We view ourselves as a partner, not just a vendor. And uh, we will do anything we can to try to make uh, it worked with the companies that, that we're actually protecting. So we're going to go above beyond the call of duty. I see a lot of people really rallying to the cause of working at home, and they're all excited about it. Some of them must think that you, when you plug in a different device or new device from home, the bad guys won't know about it because you know, they're not in your house. It, it's untrue, isn't it? It's absolutely untrue. And if you think about it, the bad guys, uh, they're not going to abide by shelter in place. Now is the time when there's chaos and there's fear and people are worried about their family. Uh, they're not in the office. That Now is the time is when they're going to strike. So as these remote users uh, get up and running uh, with their own stacks, whether it's Zoom or Slack, they're going to need protection like CrowdStrike, and, uh, and we're there for them. And, and that's been uh, a big win for us with our corporate customers and even the smaller customers to be able to protect that work, remote workforce. You have a very successful iteration, Falcon. Apparently, you just launched a home version of it. What does that do for people? 
Well, the home version is really, uh, it allows our corporations uh, to be able to surge and protect their home users. Uh, and essentially, if you think about some corporations, they have the wherewithal to be able to buy 25,000 new laptops and ship them to their employees, and we can protect those. But many organizations, you have to use the, the, the employee's home computer. So it allows us to protect that home computer, maintain a level of compliance and visibility uh, for these enterprise and, and mid-sized customers and uh, make sure they can always be protected whether they're on or off the network. Yeah, we're seeing some of the bad guys really prey on uh, people's COVID fears. A uh, very smart way to go about it. You trying to stop some of that? Yeah, uh, oddly enough, uh, not oddly, but uh, I mean, it's sad that uh, the bad guys are doing this. We've seen uh, a real uptick in, in phishing campaigns uh, using COVID-19 uh, and malware associated with that in, in the, these emails. Um, so now, as I said earlier, when there's chaos and there's this fear in the street, that's when uh, the adversary tends to strike uh, uh, hardest. You know, I, I guess, is China back already doing some of the things that it did before this whole uh, pandemic started? Well, whether it's any of the nation state adversaries, uh, you know, they're not sheltering in place. Uh, the Internet right. goes wherever and they're very busy. Uh, they haven't stopped. They won't stop. And that's why organizations need to be uh, vigilant, whether you're uh, a public uh, company, whether you're a small business or whether you're a state, local or federal government. You need this level of protection that CrowdStrike is offering. There's a terrific chart in your let me see which one you have. This is the We Stop Breaches CrowdStrike March 2020. It's a category-defining cloud, cloud platforms. First, CRM Cloud Salesforce, 1999. Service Management Cloud ServiceNow, 2004. HR Cloud Workday, 2005. Those are three of our absolute favorite stocks, as you know. Those are, those are Cloud King stocks. Security Cloud CrowdStrike, 2011. People should know you didn't just start yesterday, and you are pa- cash flow positive. Well, we were really excited about the cash flow generation, and I think that's uh, indicative of the durable business model we have and the unit economics, uh, so first and foremost. Second, getting back to your point, we think we uh, are a cloud pillar and will become even a bigger cloud pillar for the security cloud. And when I started the company, I looked at Salesforce, Workday, and ServiceNow and said, you know, there needs to be a security cloud. No one was doing this. We started from the ground up, built in the cloud, cloud-native architecture, and, uh, you know, you can see our results, one of the fastest growing companies at scale of all time. And uh, we view those as our peers. Well, look, I'm just thrilled for your success. It is uh, it's great to hear somebody doing well. And it's also great to have a stock that went up this week. Thank you so much for being. a. I know you like the show. It means a lot to me, George. Great to see you on it. George Kurtz, the CEO and co-founder of CrowdStrike. Good to see you, sir. Thank you, Jim. Stay safe. Absolutely. You too. Man, money's back in. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.
When I look at these competing bailout proposals in Congress, a trillion-dollar package from the Republicans, maybe $2 trillion, a $750 billion package from the Democrats, maybe more than that, I keep coming back to the same thought. It's not enough. Both parties are thinking too small, way too small. Let me make this perfectly crystal clear. We're not trying to fend off a recession here. We're trying to fend off a depression. Yes, it is that bad. Let's stop using the R word. Let's start thinking the D word. There's a bill kicking around that could produce $2 trillion in aid for people and businesses. I say double it. This is a national emergency. I guarantee you no politician will be criticized for trying to do or spend too much. But I bet they'll be punished for trying to do little, especially in the history books. If we want the economy to bounce back rapidly when this is over, when we need to go above and beyond, well, this is the time. So how much money should we give to hardworking people who've lost their jobs because of a government-mandated shutdown? As much as it takes, that's the answer. And please, let's do it fast before the bills come due on April 1st. Look, we're a service economy. We have to keep these services alive because once we beat this pandemic, we need a base to build on. So people can't just get $1,000. It can't be a one-off payment. The longer this goes on, the more infusions that we're going to need. I say we do whatever it takes to protect these people, because otherwise they'll have to liquidate their savings, buy buy retirement funds. And that's assuming they even have savings. Millions of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. This is the most essential thing. If we don't get that cash into people's hands, I'm terrified that tens of millions of Americans simply won't be able to bounce back from this. I think it's the right thing to do. These are basically government mandated layoffs. The government has an obligation to mitigate the damage. Plus, when we see next week's horrifying jobless claims numbers, this market's going to be pulverized without this kind of backstop. Second, if we don't bail out small and medium-sized businesses, I say bail out. Yes, B. There will only be three retailers left when this is over. Costco, Walmart, and Amazon. That's unacceptable. Third, there's some industries that need to be saved, like it or not, in some form or another, because they're too important to lose. Boeing is our largest exporter and has 17,000 suppliers. Between the company and its supply chain, Two million jobs on the line here. we got to provide Boeing and its suppliers with liquidity. That's what they want. It should be enough. But if they do need to be bailed out, and they're not asking that, saving the actual enterprise is more important than saving the creditors or the shareholders. Travel, leisure, airlines. Again, we got to protect the workers. The workers. I'll use the word again. The workers. So people have some money left over when this is done. Historically, when we bail out industries, we protect the shareholders and the bosses. Please, not this time. Give these companies the liquidity they need to stay alive. That's it. The bosses are rich enough to take care of themselves. We got a word for it. It's called sacrifice. Next up, this market's convinced that a collapse in oil, and boy, is it ever collapsed. Crude sinking below $20 today could trigger a collapse in the banking system. I don't think that's the case, but there are a ton of jobs on the line, and sub $20 oil will wipe out our once growing energy sector and ruin our energy independence gambit. The president has to call the Saudis and tell them to turn off the spigot until crude goes back to 30 bucks. Saudi Arabia depends on the U.S. for protection. We have all the cards here playing, Mr. President. Fifth, the Fed should be given permission to buy the corporate bonds from companies with pretty decent credit so that they can stay alive. I don't care if it costs 100. I don't care if it costs two trillion dollars, maybe more. Sure, there's a huge moral hazard problem. Worrying about moral hazards, though, is how we ended up in the Great Recession. Let's not make the same mistake twice in our lifetime. Finally, as much as I love public-private partnerships, they're not enough to solve this crisis. It's too big now. The only organization that really can beat it at this point is our government, and specifically, we need the military. They got the bases, they got the room, they got the engineers, they got the talent, they know how to build field hospitals and containment facilities, they can run the testing centers, and they correctly have our admiration and respect. 
If we're going to come through this pandemic with a functional economy, we need big, bold, expensive action from the government. It's the only thing that's going to cut it. Everything else, it's just plain wrong. Much more mad money ahead, including my sit down with AMN Healthcare. How is the healthcare staffing company dealing with the demand from the coronavirus? I've got the CEO. And as self-isolation becomes more and more common, wondering to look for connection in an uncertain world, I'm talking to a private player next door on how it's helping. And all your calls rapid fire in tonight's edition of The Lightning Round. So stay with Kramer. As we brace for the worst of the COVID-19 pandemic, the big fear is that it will overwhelm our healthcare system like it's doing right now in Italy and Spain. We may not have enough facilities, and just as important, we don't have enough doctors or nurses, staff, which brings me to AMN Healthcare, a managed service provider that helps hospitals handle staffing. While the stock had a huge run over the past week, it's given back those gains in a brutal sell-off over the past couple of days, and this is about as brutal as I've ever seen. But right now, I'm less concerned about the business side of things and more concerned with how they can help our healthcare system hold the line during this period of extreme strain, maybe the most extreme our country's seen. So let's check in with Susan Salkin. She's the president and CEO of AMN Healthcare Services to get some insight into what's happening here. Ms. Salkin, welcome back to Mad Money. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate being here with you tonight. All right, let's first uh, start with some news. You just put up a site for health care facilities for professionals who are caring for patients uh, during this crisis. Tell us about it. Yeah, Jim, as you can imagine, it is all hands on deck for the healthcare industry, and that's certainly true for AMN as well. We're working 24-7 and bringing in additional resources and redeploying resources to make sure that we can really be doing everything possible to help in this crisis. And so first, I'd like to really thank our team members and leaders and our healthcare professionals for all that they're doing. These are unprecedented, dynamic times. Things are changing literally hourly, daily. And I can tell you, everybody is leaning in hard. You know, when we think about our healthcare professionals in particular, you know, they are at the front lines. And certainly we are seeing more and more healthcare professionals pour in. Just in the last week, we have had thousands and thousands of healthcare professionals reach out to us asking how they can help. And on the other end, we have thousands and thousands of jobs from our clients and, and new clients that want us to come in and help. And our job is to get those resources quickly matched and deployed. And again, I'm so proud of the teams, but you know, we always, always want to hear from more clinicians. And so that's why we put up the crisis hotline and website. In fact, uh, if there is a healthcare professional out there and they don't know how to help, maybe on a local level, they can reach out to us and we can quickly get them deployed. You might have the site up there now, but if not, I'm going to read the, the site for you. It's coronavirus.amnhealthcare.com, or you can call into our crisis line, which is 800-887-1456. This is also for healthcare facilities that might need our help. Okay, so Susan, I'm watching, I, I'm sure like you, I, I've just, whenever Dr. Fauci talks, stop and listen. I was watching him being interviewed by Mark Zuckerberg. I follow him wherever the heck he is uh, on Facebook. And he just said, listen, there's some areas that are basically that are overwhelming the system. I mean, do you have, what is going on, say, in the state of Washington right now? Well, we certainly have hot spots. And if you see the website, you'll see we are posting 
uh, every day where we have the largest increases just to try to orient people to where they're needed most. Certainly Washington, California, New York are at the top of that list. But quite honestly, we're seeing increased needs every hour from almost every state within the country. Nurses are at the top of that list. Pretty much all nursing specialties are in very high demand, but also respiratory therapists, lab technicians, and then in the physician front, uh, primary care, advanced practice, radiology. Uh, we also have some clinicians that have been displaced. As you can imagine, there's not a high demand right now for dentistry with elective surgeries being called off. We have surgeons and anesthesiologists who are available. And again, they're leaning in and offering up their skills because clinicians can do other things than their normal day job. So we need to find ways to make sure that we're maximizing the healthcare professional workforce that we have across the country. I've also, by the way, been very, very impressed with several of the states that have stepped forward to change and flex the typical licensing uh, restrictions. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing New York, for example, just announcing that they're going to be accepting healthcare professionals with licenses from other states. Uh, every day we're talking with state and federal officials to see how we can help and bring our expertise or technology to the table, but also around this issue of licensing. We have a unique perspective and knowledge about how we can most uh, expeditiously move our workforce around the country. And I'm starting to see it happen. So it's very encouraging. I was on the phone to someone who has built a couple of hospitals and they were telling me, listen, the, the nurses don't have the equipment, they don't have the clothes, the uh, doctors don't have the clothes, that it's just a colossal uh, misfortune. What do you tell your people? How do you protect the, the people who are working with you? It's very, very important. You know, I know everyone's worried about themselves and their families, but we need to be very concerned for our healthcare professionals. So as you can imagine, we go through screening prior to any clinician mm -hmm. going to an assignment, and then the healthcare facility does their own screening. When it comes to equipment, we're working with the healthcare facilities to ensure that we are informing our clinicians about what they have, what they might need to bring with them. But then also, wherever we can be helpful in the supply chain, we're trying to make the, those connections. We're not in that business necessarily, but we all have to try to help in whatever area we can. I have tried to be as constructive as possible about this because I think that all the professionals are working very, very hard. But it is there is a bit of disconnect for me. Maybe you can fill me on how it happens between when I watch Washington and they always seem to have that, you know, everything. Everybody's got everything they need. And then I, I get uh, called in by people saying, do you have any extra masks? The healthcare professionals don't have the masks. So I'm confused about the disconnect between some people who think that it's uh, everything's smooth. And I bet you your people are saying I don't, I'm not being given the tools I need. Well, you know, again, we, we need to focus on what we can influence right. and what we can influence in Washington and at a state level are things like licensure and the mobility of the workforce. And so that's where we've had the greatest voice. Uh, and quite honestly, just on, on a daily basis, I think we are making progress. I'm told there might be an emergency rule coming out on a federal level that would create more of a national licensure capability. Right now, it's happening on a state-by-state -state level. But there are other things that we can do and are doing to bring some of our tools to bear and, and help the country and our clients we have technology tools that we have offered up for free that will enable clinicians to upload their credentials so that if they want to go to a new facility, they can more quickly 
accomplish that. You know, for example, I mentioned Silversheet, I think, on one of our prior mm -hmm. discussions, which is a cloud-based physician credentialing platform. Right now, physicians can go there and for free upload their credentials, which will make it much faster and easier for them to go to any new facility across the country. Uh, we, since we last talked, we also made a couple of other acquisitions in the tech space. One is B4 Health, which helps healthcare organizations, which can include a state hospital association, to quickly match where the needs of staff are mm -hmm. and where qualified staff exist. And so we're working with various state associations right now to try to equip them with that technology so that they can more easily move around the very precious workforce that we have. And then just finally, uh, Stratus Video is an acquisition we made earlier this right. year, the which is primarily video. for Right, video interpretation, but we quickly pivoted and added capabilities so that our clients could use that platform for COVID-19 triage purposes so that their oh, own geez. clinicians wouldn't necessarily have to be in the same room with their uh, patients. And it can be used in a variety of other ways. So, you know, I could go on and on on the, right. on the things that we're doing, but um, hopefully you get the idea that everybody, our whole industry... Right is leaning in well, very hard on this. I'm just glad you're doing it and you're a seasoned hand and they need you. And, you know, I hope the weekend goes well in the next few weeks when we're at war, you're at the front lines. Thank you so much to Susan Sack, the president and CEO of AMN Healthcare, friend of the show for a very long time. Keep doing what you're doing. Really appreciate it. May I might be back here for the break. It is time! It's time to and then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski? Time for the lightning round. Came from uh, Jan in North Carolina. Jan. Hey, hey, big Jim. Watching you for 15 years. Need your expert advice on how safe the dividend is on NLY. It's 19% well, right now. One of the reasons why I don't have not liked Annaly is because I don't really know what they own to be able to tell you if the dividend is safe. And I, I got enough situations. Boy, I got to tell you, I don't know if you guys seen some of the destruction in the REIT dividends. I have enough, th enough things on my plate. I don't want to delve into what is really in Annaly and what isn't or how much leverage they have or whatever. I've been against it for ages. Let's go to Bill in Virginia. Bill. Jim, a big army strong whore from inside the D.C. Beltway. Thanks well for leading played. in this crazy stock market battle, General Kramer. I know restaurants and bars are closed which has to curtail some of the demand for beer, wine, and liquor. Still, some folks are stocking up on booze to get them through this trying time. So what are your thoughts on Constellation brands? You know, I keep thinking when we're at bottom, but I also know that Constellation is, as you said, uh, it's very heavy. It's a great seller at bars. Uh, you're, you, know, you lose such a huge percentage of your business, it's very hard to find a bottom. Uh, if you buy it at 3% yield, it's at 2.5%, maybe that's a, a good level to start buying. Uh, this is a different kind of time. Let's go to Mike in Michigan. Mike. Hi, Jim. How are you? I'm, I'm okay. You know, people are losing too much money, Mike, and then people get sick. Everything. Well, I'm looking for silver lining. Go ahead. What's up? Well, I've listened to your show for years. I would like your thoughts on Rockwell Automation. Like any company, they're affected by the price of their components, materials, personnel, and retirement benefits. They're extremely well-managed, and I'd like to hear your comments they on are, Rockwell. They yeah. are incredibly well-managed. The stock, I remember when people thought they were going to get a bid, maybe in the 250s. 
and here it is at 126. I don't know. Maybe you buy some and then you wait down another 10%. But that's that thing's been taken apart. Let's go to John in Arizona. John. Hey, Jim. First time caller. Really appreciate your commentary. Um, wanted to ask about investing in California-based fast food chain Del Taco at current stock price. drive through should stay open. Do they do they potentially increase sales? Uh, it's a, a what it is. It's a two dollar. That's a lottery ticket. It's a two dollar uh, horse horse bit. It's like going to the horse track. Uh, it, it happens. It happens to be a really good company, but that's that's not mattering. Let's go to Bradley in California, please, Bradley. Yeah, hi, Jim. Hi, Bradley. Hi. What's up? It's Bradley Tom Jim. I'm sorry, I wasn't able to hear that. C-O-D-X. Oh, you know, this is one, you know, this is a COVID-19 uh, lottery ticket. I'm not going to call it more than that. It's a COVID-19 lottery ticket, and I'd rather be in something a little more uh, substantial. I think that's fair to say. Let's go to Evan in Massachusetts. Evan! Jimmy Chill. Yo. What do you think of Abbott Labs, ABC? Abbott Labs was down six bucks today. Can I just tell you that Abbott Labs is worth every bit as much yesterday as today as Monday. And if you had to start buying a position of all the stocks I've heard today, it would be Abbott Labs, ABT. And that lays them the conclusion of the lightning round. The lightning round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. As city after city in our great country goes into lockdown, people are suddenly becoming a lot more civic-minded, or at least a lot more worried about what's happening in their neighborhoods, which brings me to Nextdoor, the neighborhood-based social networking platform. It's a great way to keep track of your neighbors who might need help or exchange information, learn about your area. Before the coronavirus, people used Nextdoor to spread the word about lost pets or find a new home or an old bicycle or for neighborhood safety or simply to meet new neighbors. Now, though, it's taken on a whole new significance. So far this March, they have seen an astounding 80% month-over-month spike in daily active users. I bet this is just the beginning. The company's still privately held, but I think it's become an essential component of the new stay-at-home economy. So let's check in with Nextdoor's fabulous CEO, Sarah Fryer, formerly the chief financial officer at Square, to learn more about her booming new business. Ms. Fryer, welcome back to Mad Money. Thank you, Jim, for having me. Really appreciate it. Okay, so Sarah, my wife, who you've met, Lisa, she goes, don't forget, 6.30 tonight, open up the window, go out to the balcony and sing The Saints Go Marching In. And I said, how do you know that? How did she know? (laughs) Uh, She heard that on Nextdoor. It has to be happening. If it's happening anywhere, it's happening on Nextdoor right now. And we would have, I had no idea, because look, I mean, there's no local paper. There's no, you know, there's... Uh, there's no way to stay in touch with each other, even people who are next door to each other. So I think that you know, what did people do before next door? Uh, I don't know. But um, we are the local hub um, and we are finding that proximity means everything right now. Next door was founded on trust. So it's real neighbors, real people, real addresses. So a big part of why we were founded was to bring people together and create those trusted connections. As you started to mention, there's also really high utility in Nextdoor. So when we're not in crisis mode, it is a great place to find a plumber, find a great restaurant, uh, for example, or figure out what to do with your kids at the weekend. But right now, during this crisis, we see neighbors putting their hands up to help. We see neighbors putting their hands up to be helped. And it is so uplifting to just see kindness and humanity 
coming to the fore, even in the middle of a crisis. Well, I, I was speaking to my my 28 year old daughter t- today about alienation. She's in Madrid. And I said, look, I got an idea for you. See, next door just got to Madrid. You're in Spain. I mean, so this That's is right. no longer. You know, she needs community. We need, we're desperate for community. We are so alienated. It, it, you're there, too. It's true. We are in 11 countries. And it has been remarkable in this crisis. I start my days on the phone with Europe, typically going around the horn. Italy clearly incredibly impacted. And yet there we see the same neighbor to neighbor interaction happening. And in fact, I think they started this singing out your doorway motion. Um, We've talked to Spain, to France, to the Netherlands, into the UK. We see organizations like the National Health Service sent a huge post out to all of the neighbors on the platform just yesterday as a way to make sure the most accurate information is getting out there in the world. And then, of course, I often end my days in Australia, um, which I will say was a little kind of slower here um, in terms of believing that this was a big deal. And so it's been interesting watching my country managers respond. Um, but it does give you this remarkable purview across the world to look at a platform like ours right now. And you're also involved uh, with some charities that are so needed. I know that there's a blood shortage in America right now. I also know, by the way, yeah. that unless they get blood from people who have uh, who, who have already beaten the coronavirus, we don't even know what the antibodies are. So you're involved with with the uh, blood drive. Yeah, so we public agencies is a big part of the platform. So previous crisis, we still had thousands of public agencies on the platform. But right now we're seeing folks like the American Red Cross that you're talking about coming to next door to really get the word out about blood drives. Uh, the CDC uh, designated us an EPIC partner, which means we're an emergency preparedness partner. Even um, uh, Governor Newsom last night in his state of the state address talked about the power of next door to really help communities come together. So we are absolutely there for public agencies. We're there for nonprofit organizations like the American Red Cross. We also work a lot with brands um, like, say, a Walmart who might be doing testing centers to make sure that their message is getting out and into the neighborhood when it matters most right now. It's funny when I heard that uh, the president talk about how Google's doing a website. My first thought was Sarah Fryer. I said, if I want to <laughs> know what, where the uh, where the testing sites are in Brooklyn, I want to go to next door because I want to. That's what you want. I don't care about what's going on in Iowa. Right. I just care about what's going on in my zip code. It's exactly right. This is we keep talking about this power of proximity, but we have kind of grown up in a world where you have different graphs, like you have your friend graph, but my friends aren't helping me right now. They might be giving me moral support, but they're not going to go get my groceries. Your professional graph, right? We're all stuck on these back and forth, you know, whether it's Zoom or Hangouts or whatever. And again, we check in on each other. But right now in this moment of crisis, if you need to know what's going on down the street or you have that elderly neighbor who suddenly can't go out, like this is the moment when neighbors can really help neighbors. We have a group in my neighborhood called Good Fairy. It's all about putting a little kindness back in the world. And I'm seeing college students who are out of college, stuck at home, doing car runs to the local supermarket for a bunch of elderly and more vulnerable people in my neighborhood. And it is so uplifting and just the right thing to do. Well, I I have to tell you, in the halcyon days when we had a restaurant and a bar, uh, which was taken away, (laughs) but... Uh, what we uh, we would look for mentions uh, mm-hmm. of our of our particularly our restaurant because my wife's the manager and uh, she would say, hey, that's that Sarah Fire. Can I give her a check to be able to put take an ad? And you always said that's not yet. When will we make it so that we can use next door for yes, for our own purposes to be able to promote? Sure. Local businesses, huge part of every community, right? When they thrive, communities thrive actually launched something called Local Deals. So I'm going to have to get on to Lisa and get her on a local deal 
once business is back. Look, right now for small businesses, and you know, with my Square background, I am obsessed by local businesses. I think there's three ways to help them. You talked about food, and I think getting them connected to things like delivery, letting neighbors know if they're maybe offering, you know, a packed up dinner that you could pick up and bring home. Um, If you think about retail, it's teaching them how to do more online, um, clearly working with folks like a Square or Shopify. And then health and beauty is a very interesting category because you can't go get your hair cut at the moment or go get your nails done. Um, I think things like gift cards could be a way for them to, to create a gap, a bridge between now and when business comes back because these businesses need cash flow. Um, for Nextdoor in the future, this is a very big deal for us. Um, we're building a whole category around local businesses. You get a free business page today, and then you can do that local deal. But we're going to help businesses post into the feed in a, in a really well-done way so that your message is getting carried, whether it's in tough times like right now or hopefully when we all get back to business. Well, I think what you're doing is great. Uh, you're must-read in our household, uh, whether it be for pets or, yes, my wife said, listen, there was somebody, something got stolen down the block. Let's make sure the door, I mean, it's all that stuff. It's what we need. Yeah. It, it, it's yeah. just what we need right now. Sarah Fryer, CEO of Nextdoor. It's always great to see you. Thank you so much Thanks, for coming Jen. on. Thank Take you. Take care. Stick with Craig. Testing, 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 and more testing, okay? And Regeneron or the malaria drug or Gilead, those are what we're banking on. And that's why I say do not lose faith because those could happen and they could go right. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere. I'm looking for it. I was trying to find it just for you right here on Man Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you Monday. Markets in Turmoil starts right now. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.